live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not a shameless race-baiting buffoon. My goodness gracious, Joy Reid is. Tell them like it is. And she put on a master class in stupidity during her interview with Florida Congressman Byron Donalds last night. We will explain why Democrats are now playing the white supremacy card against black people. They're crazy. That's part of it, uh, but we'll get into it in full uh, on today's episode that will also include a lot of chit-chat about the Federal Aviation Committee grounding every single flight in the country this morning after a failure of the NOTAM system, which, if you remember, was renamed last year to be more inclusive of the woke vernacular. Everything woke turns to Certainly did this morning if you were in an airport. 888-788-9910 if you want to help get this flight off the ground. It's a little radio show. It's about to take form with a little help from Katie Pavlich, who is, of course, a general in the Jimmy Fallon fashion mafia. Uh, worth pointing out that this general, uh, this leader, has never taken classified information back to her library in Pennsylvania. Come on, man. We'll update the Biden story. And, of course, Daniel Turner is here to weigh in on the Democratic quest to ban gas stoves. What the hell is the world coming to? I do not know, but AOC, who posts a selfie of herself cooking at least once a week on a gas stove, has now chimed in on Twitter to say, we got to ban gas stoves. AOC is a dope. It is a stampede of stupidity, uh, but we're ready to rumble. We're fired up. It's a big day on the show that will culminate with me on the TV tonight. I'll be on with Jesse Waters on Waters World this evening. Uh, 7 o'clock East Coast time. If you want a little fail vision uh, if you got some extra time on your hands because you're stuck in an airport, tell the airport bartender to shut off CNN. CNN is the worst. They really are. But if it weren't for airport bars, people that were trapped in bars, and, of course, Fox News making fun of CNN. Like, do you know 80% of their audience is Fox shows, like The Five or Tucker, you know what I mean? Just trashing CNN. That's where 80% of the viewership comes from. Uh, but it could go up today because everybody this morning was stuck. We had thousands, literally thousands of flights canceled after the system that our transportation secretary renamed failed us. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. Okay, really quick. No TAM, which originally stood for the past 100 years, not 100, but yeah, actually it was about uh, 98 years, uh, it stood for NOTAM was abbreviation for Notice to Air Men. They changed it last year, December 2nd of 2021, to Notice to Air Missions because they wanted it to be more inclusive. This is ridiculous. Yeah, so the bad news is your flight's never taken off. The good news is the software is going to use all the right pronouns. I mean, I'm telling you, folks, we're fighting all the wrong battles is what we're doing. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to. Now, the fact remains, we don't actually know why this computer system failed. But it's just absurd that probably now this is the fourth time in the past year where commercial airline tickets have turned into lottery tickets. 
where you just bought one, but you had no idea whether you were going to be able to cash the thing in. That's what it is now. You go to the airport, you just cross your fingers. I mean, people have lost so much faith in air travel that you're starting to see good-looking people on buses. Like, it's changing the clientele of buses. And believe me, I am no show pony, so don't think I'm sitting here throwing rocks out of my glass house. But the bottom line is we're going to update this story as it develops today. They have lifted the ground halt on domestic air travel. So as of about an hour ago, people are starting to fly around the country again. Uh, but it's another poor reflection on our transportation secretary who, oh, by the way, is still yelling and screaming at you about climate change. And we got another report yesterday that Pete Buttigieg took two separate flights to New York in a 24-hour period last month. Democrats are so full of crap. Seriously. Oh, we got to reduce your carbon footprint. Come on, you got to fly commercial. You, the emissions. And then they get in a private jetlet and just run errands like it's a Hyundai Sonata. Ah, we'll fly to New York, do an interview, we'll fly back to D.C. Uh, next morning, we'll fly to New York, do an interview, we'll fly back to D.C. I don't doubt maybe he wanted to go home, see his kids, or what have you. Uh, but if you're that concerned with climate change, I don't know, maybe you go commercial, or maybe you stay the night, or maybe you take a bus, or maybe you take a train. But did any of that get factored into the analysis by the people yelling at you to reduce your carbon footprint? The answer would be no. It's weapons-grade stupid. Okay, but there's nothing stupider anywhere, nothing dumber, on a TV screen, on a radio, than the Joy Reid show. I agree with that. Joy Reid, I mean, really, when you talk about just intellectually bankrupt people, okay? Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Every single time. But here is what went on last night. And I'm starting with this, and it may not be of consequence to you. You don't care what they do on the Joy Reid show. But there's a sea change underway in the country right now because minorities are flocking to the Republican Party. If you remember, the Latino vote dropped by 40 points under Joe Biden. In the midterms, Latinos swung to Republicans by 40 points. Okay, tens of millions of black voters went for Trump in the 2020 election, despite the insistence by his opponents that they didn't even have a choice. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. But in this moment where black voters are not only flocking to the Republican Party, but the Republican Party is putting black representatives in big positions of leadership, okay, the Democrats have gotten really, really desperate in this moment. That's true. That is true. So what they've decided is, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, to sit there and play the race card against a black person. They tried it last week. If you remember, they accused... Byron Donalds, of being a white supremacist. Straight up, this guy's there to promote white supremacy. In my opinion, that sucked. Oh, it was terrible. You got a black man promoting white supremacy? What, is there a typo in the handbook? What am I missing here? Okay, what happened was they are really desperate to hold control the monopoly they've had on the black vote, but the reality is that the Democratic policies have failed black voters for a half a century. You know, when they were riding in 2020 and the Democrats were like, oh, it's understandable. As Martin Luther King said, a riot is the language of the unheard. These people don't feel heard. Great. But what they didn't mention in their statement is that the people that weren't listening to the black voters, to the black frustrations, all happen to be Democrats because every city they rioted in has been Democrat run for 50 years. I think he's got a point. So that was the joke. And a lot of people saw it. 
Okay, a lot of people saw through the chaos and they saw through the fraud of the Democrat way when it came to the defund the police movement. Every prominent Democrat got out there and said slash the police budget and in the process upped their own private security budget to make sure they were safe walking down the street. Who gives a rat's butt about you as long as I'm good? Okay, remember when Cori Bush straight up told you that? Defund the police, and then she got caught spending 200000 on police. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life, and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up, and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. What would you do with a brain if you had one? I mean, could you imagine being that stupid? But understand, that's what they were saying. That's what they were doing for the black community. No more cops! Look, if you hate cops just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. Understand, okay, they waged a rhetorical war on the police. They slashed municipal budgets. The end result was a 30% spike in the black murder rate. Democrats are like actually getting people killed because their only plan, okay, the only attention they're willing to pay to the black community is to just call anyone else racist. That's how this works. Vote Democrat or you're a racist. But that doesn't actually help the black community. That doesn't boost test scores and in failing inner city schools. That doesn't restore funding to police budgets or rebuild the trust that the Democrats destroyed in the, 20, in the summer of 2020 because it was politically expedient to do so. And it doesn't put any facts into the mouth of an idiot like Joy Reid, who doesn't know how to credibly call Byron Donald racist. So she became the racist and just started cutting him off and calling him a token and an Uncle Tom and everything else in between. Because, again, if you can't call him a racist, you might as well be the racist. She's never participated in a conversation where someone wasn't being racist in her eyes. So she was like, wow, this Byron Donald's fella. He's really well-informed. He doesn't really seem motivated by race. I guess I am then. Screw you, Donalds. Listen to how many times this guy gets cut off. I'll play you a couple of clips. This is clip one. My friend Jody Arrington, who's going to chair a budget, he wants to look into the budget and also look into entitlements. Do you know that Social Security is going to be insolvent in 2035? It is not going to be. That yes, is not true. That, that is actually, actually not true. No, it's actually not true. Now, Joy, it's actually not true. Joy, it's actually I'm a not true. professional. It's actually not true. But it's actually not true. I work in the financial community. I that's actually not true. Social that's Security not true. will go insolvent. That's actually not true. Those are the facts. That's not should true. Should we not prepare that is not for true. that? What the Republican Party and what the Tea Party have proposed is privatizing Social Security, which would actually subject Social Security to the whims of the market, which I don't think that people... You that's not what they paid into. The, no, if no, you look at the returns not, of the S&P 500 that since 2006, the returns of the S&P 500 since 2006... That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to perform like that. Pitiful. Did you hear how many times she cut him off? And she cut him off to lie. Okay, the point he was making is he's not on board with privatizing Social Security. But the slander that privatizing Social Security would be a bad thing is not technically true because the S&P 500 since the year 2006 when this idea was first floated has yielded nearly triple the return of a traditional Social Security investment. So it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. But because he was armed with facts, no, that's not true. It's not true. Uh-uh, it's not true. What are you doing? It's not true. Oh, my God, are you not true? What's going on? It's not true. It's a This is absolutely gross. It's gross and it's desperate. Okay, but here she is. Here's a couple more interruptions, and then they get into CRT. But this is it, clip two. 
You're that saying so you, you okay, so you support privatizing I, I, Social Security. You know, I want to explain to you. I am a financial professional. I'm securities license. Actually, I just lost my licenses because I'm not allowed to trade anymore because I'm a member of Congress. Mm -hmm. But let me assure you, if you look at the S&P 500 from 2006 until today, the growth rate in the S&P 500 would have more than taken care of Social Security, way more than the federal government And has. each time that way you had more. a crash, it would subject people's no, Social Security true. funds I'm, to a crash. Hold on a second. So let me just, in, hold on a second. We're not going to have a whole long thing on Social Security. But let me just be clear. You are in favor of privatizing Social Security. No, I'm not in favor but you of just argued it. for it. I okay. said you, you, you brought just it up and it. I brought you the facts but on, you on argue, S&P 500. So if a bill came forward to privatize Social Security, you'd be for it? No, because what we should be doing... Okay. Then it's a moot point. Should, then it's a moot point. It's not a moot point. Then it's You're a trying point. to put words in my mouth. I'm but trying you to explain just to explained policies. that the S&P would be the a better return than Social Security. Given better returns so then you're for privatizing That is a fact. Don't cheapen privatization when the data is crystal clear that the returns would have been better. Okay, you're for it. You've said that you're for it. That means that it would have been a better situation than what we've seen to that was absolutely dreadful. Do you see how it's just a taunting game? This is a black conservative armed with the facts. They're so threatened by it. They're so horrified by it that she is actually in that moment just trying to cartoon the black man sitting across from her because the people who tune into her show for the self-righteousness for the moral superiority can say, hey, we know about this. This, this black fella seems to have lost his way. Thank God we got joy here to rudely cut him off and treat him like less than a person. But if you think that was stupid, listen to their discussion about CRT. This is clip three. What is critical race theory in your view? Oh, critical race theory actually is, goes, comes from critical theory. And essentially what it does at the, at the graduate level, it talks about the implications of racial policies in the past in American history, their impact on society today. The impact hold, on law. Hold on. The, the, hold on. The issue with critical race theory, if you distill it down into K-12 education, is you do not have the ability to have the detailed conversation of critical race theory at the graduate level. And so here's my question. If it seeps down into K-12 education, is it stuff that students are not prepared to be dealing with? Shouldn't students just be learning about reading, writing, and arithmetic history? And so you don't that believe that students be should be learning about level? the racial history of the country because critical race Actually, theory is not taught. Hold, hold on. on. Critical hold race on. theory is not taught in You're, a single no, K through 12 school. One You're moment. The it's subject. a legal theory that's You're, taught in law schools. Okay, we're going to have to come back and continue this conversation. We're actually literally out of time. They're telling me you have to go. Okay. Critical race theory is not taught in our schools. And learning about racial history actually would be good for you. It's your show. You I'm going to give you the last word, but we're going to do this again. We can come back. Byron Donalds, thank you very much. That was embarrassing. Just to be clear. Okay, there is not a school in America that doesn't tell us we had slavery. There is not a school in America that doesn't tell us we had a civil rights movement. There is not a school in America that doesn't tell us we are now the most tolerant and inclusive you know, country in the world, one so tolerant and so inclusive that we elected a black president twice and the guy didn't even know what he was doing. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is, Joy Reid is just there to discredit Byron Donalds because he showed up armed with facts. The facts are this is the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet, and you're poisoning the youth of America by telling them otherwise. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means we'll never get there if we don't acknowledge how much progress we've made in getting here. And that's the fraud of critical race theory. They want you to believe America in 2023 is America in 1823. And the Democrats want to push that crap because they don't have any ideas for anybody to get behind besides vote for us or you're a racist. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got 
racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person, even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. You need to be anti-racist. Warning. A percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. 6,000 flights delayed around the country this morning. But if you're flying racism air at MSNBC, you got off the ground A-OK. Butch was watching. He's down in Florida. Can't go anywhere else right now. Butch, what's up, my man? What's happening, Jimmy? Oh, man. I'm a little worked up about this Joy Reid thing. Um, You know, Byron Donald's the man. He's probably going to be on our show tomorrow. He's on a lot. But it's amazing how much they just they hate black conservatives. Like the way they treated Tim Scott was just as bad as this. Well, before we get into Joy Reid, um, your listeners and I really want to know how oh. you and your wife and are enjoying your three inches you had installed. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, everybody, that was on my Bronco. We got a lift on the Bronco. I will post a picture on the Fox, on the Facebook page. Uh, Butch, that's hilarious. Uh, both of you a lot happier? Yeah, uh, so far so good. I, I noticed she didn't ask the mailman to come by twice this week. Only the one, only the one delivery a day, which is good. That's encouraging. Hey, we're now. 20 seconds from a commercial break, so I don't want you to make your point and get cut off. I think in comedy, sometimes if you tell a joke and it crushes, you leave without even doing your closer because you already got the win in your back pocket. So, Butch, seriously, take the W, and we'll talk again sooner or even later in the show. There he goes, the great Butch. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
they canceled my flight. I started reading two guys had a fight. I'm so scared, cause one guy picked up a chair. And the girl then pulled him down by the hair. Cops to the left of me, two kids on my right. Here I am, stuck in the airport with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the airport with you. And I'm wondering if someone has the flu. It's so hard to keep this mask on my face. These new rules are such a freaking disgrace. Hounds to the left of me, two cats on my right. Here I am, stuck in the airport with you. Wow. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Six thousand flights grounded today by a software glitch this could be a problem your transportation secretary pete booty judge by the way okay let's have this talk really quick okay i understand we're past the point of a meritocracy now and the biden administration i'm, I'm not being sarcastic okay they have openly declared at times when there were vacancies in this cabinet that they were looking for a very specific thing. Like, if you'll remember, he when Jen Psaki left the White House, Jen Psaki was the gal who came in to replace Kaylee McEnany. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. Whatever. But the point is, when Psaki left, the Biden administration declared they wanted a black woman to be the press secretary. Not a qualified woman. Not a woman who could answer questions without going through a binder for an hour and a half and then saying no comment, as she frequently does, Corrine Jean-Pierre. She is so bad at her job. But the point being is they openly said, hey, we just need somebody to check a box. Now, I get that. That's the new priority. Okay? Inclusion. Just get out there and make sure we have representation in all the big positions, which, again, I support representation. But just because you need a person that checks a specific box doesn't mean you have to check and take the first person who shows up and says, I'll do it. I admire your honesty. I mean, just straight up. And the reason I make this point is because we have people in positions of critical importance that have no basis or qualification for the gig. Corrine Jean-Pierre is completely overwhelmed, and I'm not here to pick on her. She's a very pleasant, lovely woman. She just happens to suck at her job. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. I mean, Kamala Harris on the campaign trail said Joe Biden was a racist because he pushed for segregated busing. She also said he was a rapist because she supported Joe Biden's sexual assault accuser, Tara Reid. And then the minute Biden was like, hey, how would you like to be vice president? She was like, would I? She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. And the point is, she's been terrible. She has been an embarrassment to the office of the vice presidency. Why? Because she was chosen because she was a black woman. Now, to be clear, there are tens of millions of black women who could handle that gig. She just doesn't happen to be one of them, okay? So my point is, if you're going to go out there and check boxes, why don't, why don't we create, like, a box one and a box, like, 1A, where one is, like, their identity. We now want to live in a world where the color of your skin is more important than the content of your character. We're doing a reverse Martin Luther King in the Democratic Party. Fine, but if that's the M.O. and that's what I've got to sign for, I dig it, I'll play ball, you're in charge, elections have consequences. 
But when it comes to Pete Buttigieg, they wanted a gay transportation secretary. Again, fine. Okay, fine. Totally fine. Go out there. There are tens of millions of gay men who I would trust to run this department, not because they're gay, but because they are brilliant, enlightened souls who can basically, you know, sit there and make the common sense decisions to keep things running on time. And what I mean by that is when you're making decisions as a transportation secretary, you prioritize transportation instead of the woke agenda. Everything woke turns to Understand, this is the same Pete Booty judge who said we're going to stop racist roads. We're not going to have any more racist roads in America. What the hell did you just say? How do you do that? I don't know. Okay, the NATAM software system that has grounded all the flights today used to be called Notice to Airmen. They changed it to Notice to Air Missions to make it more inclusive. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Of course it is because it's fighting the wrong battle. Transportation fighting for inclusion instead of fighting for, are you ready for it? Transportation. And I bring up transportation in this instance, not just because the flights are grounded, but because when we were in the process of selecting a gay transportation secretary, Joe Biden and the Democratic Party settled on a guy whose nickname as mayor was Pothole Pete. Think about that. Pete Buttigieg's nickname as the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, was Pothole Pete. Because the roads were screwed up and the buses were screwed up. Okay? I'm just saying. I understand we needed a gay man. Could we get one who wasn't known for crippling the transportation system in a small town? Because now he's handling the transportation system in a country of 330 million people. Hey, we need somebody to be in charge of marriage counseling. Let's go out and get wife killer Tommy. I think he'd be good. He's a gay man. He didn't like his wife. He liked men. So he killed his wife, moved on with his life. The point is, his nickname told you he wasn't qualified. And Biden was like, ah, oh, whatever. What an idiot. And that's what they did. And now you got a guy named Pothole Pete. And do you have less potholes on your highways in America? The answer would be no. No, but we're combating racism. The racist highways. They were built at a time when the infrastructure was different that are not going to be racist anymore. Folks, I'm telling you, there has never been a dumber time to be alive than right now. This is weapons-grade stupidity. What I mean when I say that is we're being governed in a way as if our, our, our enemies, this is not true, but we're being governed in a way as if our enemies have literally like seized control of the government and are making intentionally stupid decisions designed to cripple us. Now, to be clear, I don't believe our enemies have hijacked our government. I'm not like a 2016-era Democrat who believes Vladimir Putin has seized control of the White House from afar, and we're now living in an Austin Powers movie where Dr. Evil is calling the shots in America. You shut your mouth, you bastard! I don't believe that. But I do believe the decisions being made that are devoid of a meritocracy are really hurting the country. We have people in charge that don't know what they're doing. Okay, think about... The fellow who was in charge of nuclear waste, the Biden administration put Sam Brightman in charge of nuclear waste. Did he have any background at all in the nuclear field? The answer would be no. But they put him in charge anyway. Why? Because they wanted a 
non-binary person in charge of nuclear waste. This is ridiculous. Not only is it ridiculous, but again, it was stupid. It was dangerous, not only to our country and our nuclear security, but to our luggage. Sam Brightman was that cross-dressing lunatic who was stealing people's luggage at the airport. Do you remember that? He was stealing women's suitcases at the airport, was ultimately fired after being caught on five different occasions, but Lord knows how many more he was into. But it took five times for him to be caught stealing luggage before the Biden administration finally gave him a pink slip and he put it on. I meant, there it is. But stick with me here. Living in a world devoid of merit is happening at the detriment to everything we need to run properly. Okay, understand, we put Mayorkas in charge of the border. But what basis does he have for policing the border other than to tell you that policing the border is racist? I'm telling you, this is stupid. I'm not saying this is a Republican. I'm saying this is an American. You know, when you listen to the show, if you're listening for the first time, and I know you are, nobody listens to this crap twice. They're like, what, are you kidding me? Come on, honey. Where's the Unless the knob broke off your radio, I kid. But the point is, I am not your enemy if you disagree with me politically. That's not how America is supposed to work. Disagreement is not a hate crime. It doesn't mean I want you to die. That's what the Democrats do now. You know, they come straight out and they're like, well, uh, we should be teaching five-year-olds to chop off their penis in kindergarten. And you're like, I don't know, I think that's a little extreme. And they're like, that's going to lead to a spike in hate crimes. There's going to be suicides. How dare you disagree with us? Come on, man. You're a murderer. That's, that's political discourse now. They advance the most extreme position in the world. And then if you don't agree with it, you're a monster. That's political discourse. The Democrats now want you to believe, the follow the science crowd, that there is no biological difference between a man and a woman. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Most people would say. But understand, in the modern democratic worldview, that's not true. There aren't women. There are people who menstruate. Mayor Pete Buttigieg, if you remember, when he adopted twins two summers ago, immediately went out and posted a picture of himself breastfeeding children, okay? It was a pretend breastfeed where he had synthetic breasts on. and it, That is so embarrassing. Of course it is. And what was he trying to do? Demonstrate unity with other trans Listen, trans people can be tolerated and accepted and included in our society. That's fine. But it doesn't mean we have to pretend that one is not different from the other. It doesn't mean we have to demonize the biological differences between men and women. But that's the world we're living in right now, where there's so much pretend going on, where we're denying science and we're denying reality that you're supposed to believe, well, 6,000 of your flights got canceled today. But more importantly, the highways aren't racist. More importantly, the computer software that failed. That software now has a new name that's more inclusive of terminology. Folks, I'm telling you, this is not me trying to get you mad at Democrats. This is me trying to get Democrats, Republicans, anybody who's independent, any objective person who's bargaining in good faith to realize we are doing it wrong. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, Barry is on the line in Los Angeles. Yo, Barry. Yo, Jimmy, uh, I, I agree with everything you said, but remember, uh, Mayor Pete isn't just filling. I mean, he does uh, he does check a box, but he's also there because it's he's uh, he dropped out for Joe just before South Carolina. He, oh, I remember and, that. That was when you that, know, mm-hmm. and that is why we have. That's why we have Mayor Pete because I'm sure it's I'm sure it's payback. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, no, it's crazy, though, because it is true that if you remember, Biden lost the first few primaries and then he mm-hmm. got, you know, Clyburn's endorsement before the in South Carolina, which, of course, won, won that state. And they did. They bargained everybody out yeah. of the race. But like Ma- you, you know, Mayor, this. Mayor, Mayor Pete actually won Iowa. Yeah, I remember that. And then he, he, went up- he did really well in Iowa. So, I mean, Kamala dropping out made sense because she was just horrible. But Mayor Pete and uh, wasn't it Elizabeth Warren? They both dropped out just before South Carolina. Yeah, they, it was right after. It was right after. Biden got everybody to concede with a record of like one in five in the primaries. No, no, it was before South Carolina. Let me double. I'll double check it. And if you're right, I will concede on the air that you were right. But I do know South Carolina ended with everybody else getting out of the race. And then he did a one on one with Bernie and the way we went. So if you're if you if you're a day before or a day after one way or the other, I'll happily concede the point, because I think the bigger issue here is that we need to be appointing people based on merit. Mm-hmm. If a guy's name is Pothole Pete, shouldn't be in charge of the highway system. No, not ar- not arguing with you there. I mean, that, Pete has- that's nuts. He, he- He's pretty much shown that he shouldn't be running anything. No, I mean, he shouldn't be running a 5K. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but, yeah, so well, Pete Judge placed the, fourth went, in South Carolina. That was the official That was the official result, Barry. And it was after that that he, just, that he jumped out. But the point is, we're, we're, Tom, and Tom Steyer was still in. My God, Barry. But either way, you slice it. Whether he got out the day before or the day after, the point is he got a job he shouldn't be doing. And now we're all suffering the consequences. It's a mess, man. Went, by the way, he if he ran, if he got into a 5K, he would uh, be getting out of an SUV uh, uh, at 4K. <laughs> I like that bicycle. Do you remember the bicycle video? Of course you do. Everyone listening, if you didn't hear this, everyone listening. So Pete Booty Judge had posted a video online of him riding his bicycle to work to promote the environment. Hey, less cars, take your bike, you get exercise, there's less emissions. But he got caught... Because someone filmed him in the back of a Cadillac Escalade getting driven to the location, getting his bicycle out of the back, and then filming the video on his bicycle. I mean, Barry, we are living in the death of shame. Like, people don't know shame anymore. Stunning. I hear you. Stunning. It's anyway. un- yeah, good stuff as always. We'll talk soon, buddy. The great Barry. Uh, understand, that's who's in charge right now. Dude, it is all a show. And it's not a good show. Like, America used to be the team nobody wants to play. Do you understand? We don't want to mess with America. They got it under control. You know what I'm saying? Yes, powerful military. They've got all this money. They've, you know, these guys don't mess around. They put country over party. They're on top of stuff. You know, the guys who saved the world in World War II. The guys who brought down the ended the Cold War and brought down the Soviet Empire behind Ronald Reagan. You don't want to mess with America. That's who we were. We were the team nobody wants to play. Now we're just a three-ring circus of inclusion, and it's embarrassing because the clowns have run it into the ground. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. This show is headed back out on the road in February. Let me throw some dates at you. If you want to come hang out with your radio buddy, 
see some of these terrible Western shirts I've been wearing on stage lately. i got to get out of this. Somebody needs a stage and intervention. Uh, I'll be at the Carson Nugget in Carson, Nevada, Saturday night, February the 4th. There are two shows. I am in Carson for one night. You can come get roughed up, play a little blackjack with your pal. We're going to smoke a cigar in the lounge afterwards. It's really just like a state of the union. I'm just, you know, stopping in to update the troops, but I'm really fired up to get back into town. Uh, Friday night, Saturday night, uh, February the 17th and February the 18th, I will be at the Fat Cats Comedy Club up in Utica. I'll be doing their morning show that Friday on WYBX with the great Bill Keeler. Uh, then March the 3rd, I am in Seattle, Washington at the Federal Way Performing Arts and Events Center. That is Saturday night, March the 3rd. March the 4th, I will be in Sacramento, California at the Crest Theater. That is Saturday night, March the 4th. Uh, then on April 7th, I'll be at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. April 8th, the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. Uh, and, of course, April 21st and 22nd, back on the East Coast, I am at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey, fired up to sing some Bon Jovi with the Jersey crowd, tell a couple of Sopranos jokes. We'll head out to the Bada Bing afterwards, check out the ladies. Hubba, hubba. It's going to be a banger, and all are welcome at all shows. Uh, right now, though, I am locked here in New York, where I'm doing some TV with Jesse Waters tonight and a couple more hours of radio with you. We got Katie Pavlich coming up and Daniel Turner in the next hour to talk about the Democratic plan to ban gas stoves. That's a thing. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm -hmm. Is it ever? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'll explain why in greater detail when we come back. But I'm just telling you, we are fighting all the wrong battles. I do mean it. They're like, oh, the gas stoves, they're, you know, they could be harmful to your health. Every single person that called for a banned stove yesterday had one thing in common. Are you ready for it? They've all posted selfies of themselves cooking on gas stoves. AOC did it. Jill Biden did it. Okay, of course, Elizabeth Warren did it. And she not only uses the flame, of course, to cook, but she uses some of that smoke to send messages out of the teepee when she's not in the chamber, you know, doing the Senate work. I mean, there's never been a dumber time to be alive, but we will educate the masses when we come back. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go, here we go, getting ready for a big hour, a plus-sized hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be joined by Daniel Turner, who is tasked with weighing in on the Democratic quest to ban gas stoves. None other than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying it's time for the stoves to go. AOC is a dope. Is she, always a dope. But in this instance, a weapons-grade idiot, because this is the same AOC that has posted dozens of photos of herself cooking on a gas stove. <laughs> Clown stuff in the Democratic Party. It really is. But 888-788-9910 if you want the clowns to make you some balloon animals or something like that. We can do it. It's always a party at Fox Across America. <laughs> but uh, we begin... With a real serious, this is like, a, not only is it a serious federal overreach, but it's just stupid. I'm going to read to you.
for a second here. And bear with me. I went to community college. And it's not to say that community colleges aren't great. They're a good way to save money and get transferable credits to those bigger schools that teach you to hate America. Uh, but the point is I was enrolled at community college. I didn't really attend class. I was like, I was one of those kids. I was kind of enrolled so I could stay on my parents' health insurance. But as for that, I, you know, I wouldn't know the inside of a classroom. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. So. I disagree. Fat, drunk, and stupid did me great for like 30 years. Then I had a baby, and I was like, oh, my God, I got to get my life together. And I did kind of pull it together, and away we went. And now I'm just fat. I'm not drunk, and, you know, I'm conversationally smart. Like, you would listen to me on the radio for three hours and be like, this guy kind of knows what he's doing. Uh, it is a fraud, though. Like, once I walk out of the studio, uh, I am conversationally smart. Like, yeah, I can hold a conversation with you, and I have a good grasp of the issues. But on my own, I'm actually a mess, like, to this day. Uh, but I'm proud to report it has nothing to do with booze uh, because I got too much stuff to do. I got, I got a lot going on. I'm on Waters World tonight. I'm on Hannity tomorrow. I'm on Hannity Friday. I'm on Lawrence Jones Cross Country Saturday night. And I'll be on the radio with you for six hours the next, you know, next two days. We got stuff to do. And uh, I even have an appearance on uh, Philadelphia radio station after this. And then we'll be on California radio tomorrow afternoon. There's a lot going on. So the point is, I am kind of holding my life together. But one of the joys I know, one of the true North Stars in my day is when I am home, like I am truly at my happiest when I'm in my house and I'm blasting some type of terrible music and cooking for Jenny and Lincoln. Like, I like to cook. That's, like, something I adopted during the lockdowns. And I'm not telling you, like, I am a Michelin chef, but I am telling you I can cook, like, four things really well, and I enjoy playing music and cooking uh, because there's no greater quality of life upgrade than cooking. It's cheap. You don't need a lot of money to be able to make a lot of great food. So it's an easy life hack. When you really look at the world, when you really look at your existence through the prism of we're all in the fun business. doesn't matter what it says on your business card. If you die tomorrow, you're going to realize you were in the business of having fun. You were only on this earth to enjoy yourselves, be a force multiplier of positive energy for the people around you, and bring everybody to the party. That's the whole point of life. That's it. Everybody wants a meaning of life. That was the meaning of life. Have fun. You know when you hear those stories about people that are dying and they're like, all of a sudden I looked at the trees differently and I liked the leaves. It's because this whole time they liked looking at leaves, but they didn't didn't dawn on them till you know, they thought the shot clock was running out. So I'm telling you, while you still have some time on the shot clock, just go out and have fun. If you die tomorrow, you're not going to wish you got into another Twitter fight. You're not, okay? But you are going to wish you went out and did things you enjoyed. And for me, cooking is something I enjoy. And knowing that we now have an administration that's going out and waging war on the stove you use? That's not right. Oh, it's stupid, number one. Number two, it's wildly misguided when it comes to the environment because everybody that wants you to ban a gas stove because fossil fuels are bad wants you to use an electric stove. Where do you think the electric stove gets its power from? Okay, does it come from the sun? Does it come from wind? Is it hydro? No. It comes from electricity, which 99.9% .9 of that grid powered by coal. Okay, again, it's so stupid. Everything we're doing in the name of environmental virtue signaling is creating more pollution. Like when we said we were going to cut domestic energy production here in America, we didn't cut consumption. We just cut a check to another country to produce it for us. It was like the mafia. Hey, we don't want to be accused of murder, so uh, we'll have somebody else do the shooting. But the reality is, okay, the people producing energy in other parts of the world burn it filthier than we do. 
So you create more pollution by having them make it and ship it here, which, of course, requires more fuel. Okay, that's what's going on when it comes to all of this climate garbage. We have people trying to regulate energy that have no idea what they're doing. Correct the mundo. Let me read you this. This is so, this is bananas, man. Ugh, cooking. You know, the Democrats, oh, the government needs to stay out of our bedroom. Okay, but the government's allowed into your kitchen? This is crazy. Here we go. Commissioner of the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission recently told Bloomberg News that the agency is considering a ban on gas stoves. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. The move is reportedly being considered due to concern over concerns for the environment and people's personal health. According to the California Resources Board, natural gas and propane stoves can release harmful pollutants such as carbon monoxide and formaldehyde into the air, which can be toxic to people and pets. Folks, when was the last time you were at a funeral? And you're like, by the way, I'm really so sorry for your loss. By the way, how'd he go? Like, oh, no, he was cooking mac and cheese. Uh, just the regular box top stuff. He was using the craft and, uh, you know, banging it out, and then you know, the macaroni and cheese got him. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, my Uncle Louie went the same way. You've never heard that before. Do you want to know why? Because gas stoves aren't killing anybody. Bingo. They're not killing. This is what they do. Whenever they want to get their way, they say, give us our way or people will die. Democrats are so full of crap. Every single time. Five-year-olds need to watch pornos and learn about sex ed. Give us our way or people will die. There'll be a spike in hate crimes. So is that where we are now on stoves? If you oppose the ban on gas stoves, you're fueling a spike in hate crimes against electric stove delivery men? Are we going to be uh, seeing a spike in suicides if we don't get stove-affirming care from Washington, D.C.? This is the dumbest time there has ever been to be alive. Okay, let me give you this, though. 40% of households in this country have gas appliances. So 40% of the houses in this country need to get rid of their stove because the government said so. Richard Trumka Jr., one of five commissioners of the U.S. Consumer Protection and Safety Commission, took to Twitter Monday to assure people that no one is coming for their gas stove per se. We're looking at a situation where you'll get tax incentives. You'll get credits from the government. They'll encourage you to get rid of your gas stove. They'll eventually stop selling your gas stove. So it's kind of like these gun, the, these gun you know, control people. Well, we're not going to quite come and take your gun. We're just going to make it impossible for you to get another one. We're just going to phase that out. Speaking on Twitter, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez took time out of her busy schedule to respond to Texas Congressman Ronnie Jackson. Now, of course, Ronnie Jackson former White House physician under three United States presidents, a man who received four commendations under Barack Obama. You know, Ronnie Jackson, who the Democrats want you to believe is a crack and a, a quack and a crazy man. Yeah, he was uh, Barack Obama's personal physician, got four different citations for being good at his job. But of course, the minute he started taking Republican positions in Congress, they're like, he's a monster. Get him out of here. Come on, he's a racist. What do you got? Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. It's so crazy. So Ronnie Jackson had tweeted, I will never give up my gas stove. If the maniacs in the White House come from my stove, they can pry it from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> come and take it. So he's going full Charlton Heston. He wants to use the gas stove. In response, AOC said, did you know that ongoing exposure to NO2 from gas stoves is linked to reduced cognitive performance? Now, again, if anybody knows about poor cognitive performance, it's AOC, a woman who was so dumb she studied for a COVID test. 
But nobody out there, when they say something is linked to something else, that means a study was commissioned by people with a very specific agenda to loosely thread whatever cause they want enacted to whatever measure they want taken so they can fundraise. Please give us money. That's what this study means. You got to get rid of a little gas stoves. They're bad for us. Please give us money. That's all it ever is. Every single time. You're all a bunch of grifters. They really are. AOC, by the way, who has spent, I mean, hundreds of hours on Instagram documenting her cooking, what does she do all of her cooking on in all of these mac and cheese and lasagna videos and soup videos and ramen noodles? Every single video, go to her thread, is her cooking on a gas stove. Oh, wow! Do you remember all those famous holiday selfies of Jill Biden cooking? What was she cooking on? Are you ready for it? Gas stove. Do you remember Elizabeth Warren when she posted that picture this year on Thanksgiving where she said she burnt the potato casserole? Gas stove. But every one of these people now wants you to believe that gas stoves are the devil. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Okay, never mind that the government has no right coming into your home and telling you what you can and can't cook on. The other thing the government doesn't have is data to back this up. There is no concrete proof that people are dying from using gas stoves. Gas stoves have been around, I believe, longer than electric stoves have been. And again and again and again. You have never been to a funeral where some, oh, yeah, really sorry about your uncle, you know, Uncle Arnie. What did Arnie, uh, cheeseburger. Oh, that's terrible. He choked to death? No, nah, no, nah, he was cooking it in a cast iron pan and a gas stove. He put a little cheese on it. You know, the emissions from the, yeah, just killed him right on the spot. Oh, yeah, that's awful. Yeah, we've had so many of those in our family. I can totally relate. No one is dying from gas stoves. But people will tell you they are. Why? Because we're living in the death of shame. And because people are dumb enough to donate to the, we got to save everybody from the stoves. Here, quick, we're passing around the collection plate. Pay up, suckers. And then there are people dumb enough to believe it. Like AOC, who now thinks she's, you know, that's going to be her explanation. Well, I was cooking on a glass stove, like, because, like, I like to cook to be, like, part of the people. Like, when I'm not, like, killing Amazon jobs in my district or, like, calling the defund police and leading to a spike in the minority murder rate and then, like, doing nothing about it, I also like to contribute, like, some cooking time on Instagram with, like, a, a gas stove. But, like, I saw a survey the other day that was, like, I don't know, you guys. This is totally not safe, so I'm switching to electric. And here's a new switch. Then I'm going to switch to electric. None of them are. What does everybody who tells you you've got to reduce your common footprint have in common? A private jet. They all, every single one of them, they all, okay, eschew the rules that they pass for the rest of us. Everybody who told you to lock down and stay in your house got caught in a restaurant, a hair salon, or an airport. Okay? Everybody that's telling you to switch to an electric stove continues to cook on a gas one. Do you remember when they started talking to us about bugs as a source of protein? <laughs> But that was a real thing. We did a story on Gutfeld a month ago where they were like, oh, we need bugs. Bugs as a source of protein because the farting cows, they're bad for the world. We got to watch out. We got to eat the bugs. None of them are going to go out and eat bugs. They're clowning you. That's what half of this is. Half of it is a fundraising grift. Please give us money. The other half is them literally laughing their asses off at how stupid not only you are, but people like AOC. Ah, oh, we told them to eat bugs.
okay? Like, seriously, we told them to reduce their carbon footprint, don't cook on a gas stove, make bugs on an electric stove, and be sure to fly commercial, okay? And there you were, eating the Beatles, while they were listening to the Beatles in their planes and laughing their asses off. But not only were they laughing at you, they were also laughing at that stupid congresswoman from New York City. Listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Daniel Turner is going to stop by in the next break to talk about the ban on gas stoves. AOC telling us it will save lives. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? I mean, man. Uh, listen, folks, I need some backup on this. This is, this is a heavy story. So we're heading out to Carson Valley, Nevada, one of the best parts of the country. Gene, standing by on the line to put this into English. Yo, Gene, what's happening? Good morning, Jimmy. Uh, you know, I, before I start, there's a little acronym out here for AOC. It's called Always Offers Communism. Um, <laughs> that seems to be the... You like that? Yeah. Anyway, uh, I want to touch on this uh, natural gas. This uh, having uh, the, the cerebral edema over the uh, over your stove mm-hmm. uh, with liberals and the greenies and uh, Democrats. Um, this is just a precursor to gain legal standing to ban a commodity that uses natural gas, or to gain legal standing to ban a commodity that powers a vehicle yep. or an airplane. Uh, I think the overarching agenda is to reach the Supreme Court incrementally and piggyback off an initial lawsuit or ruling over banning a commodity and getting to the end game of a legal ruling out of the Supreme Court or somewhere that bans uh, fuel, natural gas, propane, petroleum, gasoline across the board altogether by date certain because we're not getting there fast enough for them. I think that they would like to uh, uh, ban fossil fuels uh, yesterday. Yep. And I think that's uh, really the the, uh, the agenda on the stove. You stove definitely thing. you do you do speak fluent you know fluent Washington because you're right to say with the Democrats it's never where it starts it's where they want to take it especially at the federal level. 
And uh, that is spot on because if they don't have public support, as you know, the next thing they do is just invoke emergency powers. They go, oh, well, it's an emergency. It's a climate emergency. Your stove, your car. And that is absolutely where they're going to take it. So what happens a lot of times is people like you and me oppose this, you know, at liftoff. Hey, this is dumb. What do you mean you're coming for the stoves? But that's the real reason. But most people don't get that. Most people, because 60% of the people use electric, are just like, what's the big deal? Who cares? But the next thing you know, you're all waiting in line to plug in your car because you're not allowed to have a gas one. Nuts. Well, I, I, I just, you know, I mean, you can see the, uh, around here, we can see the snowballs rolling, but... Uh, but uh, I just want to say that if Americans uh, don't wake up very, very soon uh, to the um, the the um, fast tracking um, them fast tracking uh, control that they're after over every aspect of their lives, they're not going to recognize the country that they live in for that much longer. Very well said. He nails it. Take a bow, Gene. Spot on reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. you know it's an equal time show and we always want to make sure the conversations are fair and balanced here on fox across america everybody has been given our transportation secretary pete booty judge the business all morning but joining us now on the show a staunch defender a guy who championed this appointment and throws all the fiber of his being behind supporting him. Power the Future Executive Director, CEO Daniel Turner, joins us on the show. Hey, man. Always a pleasure to be with you, Jimmy. You got Pete's back? <laughs> Does anyone have his back at this point? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I hate to pile on to the guy, but actually I don't. This is a guy who is completely unqualified with the position he has. He was an identity hire, and the problem with identity hires is that after the novelty fades, you know, there's really no reason for this person to have the position whatsoever. What is his qualification to be energy, to, to be transportation secretary? Dude. Right? He's gay. Congratulations. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's an accomplishment in itself. Uh-huh. But he has no background in transportation. And we've seen railroad uh, strike disasters. We've seen airline disasters. Uh-huh. And, and he will stand at you and say, well, you know, it's unfortunate these things have happened. But don't forget, everybody, I'm gay. And I speak Swedish. So <laughs> it's, just, it's just amazing to watch this unfurl. And you did forget that he has done some chest feeding on Instagram. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> exactly. Don't, don't, exactly. Don't deny his contribution, Daniel Turner. It really is embarrassing because, again, we all understand inclusion and what they're going for, but it just seems lazy that they're not inclusive with, you know, merit piggybacking onto the inclusion. It's not, you know, how many gay men are out there that could do this job? Probably yeah. tens of millions, but they just wanted one. They didn't want like a qualified one. They literally look at us as just like things, like entities. They're not even humans. None of it matters. And it's really backfiring. Like when he said, oh, this glitches happen all the time. The last time we grounded all domestic flights in America was 9-11, okay? And that was not because we had inept people in the Department of Transportation. It was because of a terror attack. So if we're now functioning on a 9-11 footing, uh, minus the terror attack, where would we be? Heaven forbid we had one. Yeah, so maybe that should be his tagline when he runs for president, right? Pete Buttigieg, the greatest disaster to America's airline industry since (laughs) Al-Qaeda. Uh, I, I, you know, maybe maybe that it doesn't fit on a bumper sticker, but but quite frankly, that is literally he's the greatest disaster to the airline industry 
since since Al Qaeda. Uh, um, and and again, I, I, it's easy to pile on because a disaster is happening. Mm-hmm. But he has had several disasters on his watch, mm-hmm. and he gets away with it. He gets away with it. The guy's on vacation all the damn time. Yeah. Um, he 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 travels on private jets also, which makes me laugh. And then he goes on Brett Baer's show and tries to tell you how actually I saved a lot of money to the taxpayers. That's mm-hmm. why I fly. I fly private. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just frustrating to watch. You know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, we all, we all know about those discount private air flights. You know, when you're looking to save money for the kids. You're like, you know what, honey, we're not going spirit. Let's go Gulfstream 5. Uh, it's a little, be a little cheaper for us here. Daniel Turner is on the line holding it together. Uh, I, I There's so much to laugh at because when you talk about the private jet thing, too, you know, overshadowing this flight cancellation debacle this morning was the revelation that he came to New York twice, uh, once via private jet last month and went back immediately, only to come back the next day commercially and then depart by train. But the point is, for people who want you to reduce your carbon footprint, they use planes like they're a Hyundai Sonata. They're just bouncing yeah. around the country running errands in planes. I mean, I, I, you would argue, I mean, we know the private jet creates more emissions, but it's almost like they're going out of the way to create more emissions by not maybe, I don't know, combining their trips to New York. They're, they're going out of their way to thumb their nose at the fact that they can do whatever the heck they want uh-huh. and you can't stop them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you are you, they are better than you. They have power that you don't. And quite frankly, it really is the same that we saw during COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, no Thanksgiving allowed this year. It's bad for public health, but but I'm going to meet with my family. And when they were stopped, or I'm going to get on a, a, uh-huh. a, a flight to Mexico, and when they were stopped, the response was, well, yeah, right? Like, as Barack Obama said, like, well, it was a sophisticated party. So <laughs> so we're allowed, right? So the exempt, the exempted class, um, I mean, this is the stuff of the French Revolution, quite frankly, right? It is the, it is the yeah. stuff of people who make laws that don't have to follow them. And boy, is there really anything more un-American than that uh, that that separation of, of rule followers and rule makers. Oh, man, it's so true. Daniel Turner is on the line, the founder and executive director of Power of the Future. The funniest thing about Obama's birthday party, if you remember in Martha's Vineyard, was not just that they were flouting all the COVID rules at the time in that giant tent, but that tent held 5,000 people, which I only find funny because a year later, 24 migrants showed up to Martha's Vineyard and they were like, we don't have room. What do you mean, 24 people? <laughs> exactly. What are we going to do with this disaster? And the most important thing about that that party and all of those types of COVID parties is is something I do support wholeheartedly, which was all the staff have to wear masks. Yeah. If you are serving me, I don't want to see your face, right? Like, let's make it very clear. Put down my drink. Don't make eye contact and cover your face when you serve. As, as Kennedy always says, she does her Nancy Pelosi impersonation, and she's like, I don't want to look at the stinky little dirt people. I don't want to see them. It's so true. Dude, that's all it is. How many photos have we seen where a prominent Democrat official was surrounded by masked people and they weren't? Do you remember the Stacey Abrams photo where she's in the classroom with the kids and every kid yes. is masked but she isn't? Um, Absolutely. But I see at the ball. Yes. She wore her fancy dress. Yes. You know, they're fluffing her gown wearing masks because Mm. that's what socialists allow to happen. Oh, it's so true. (laughs) Well, well, AOC is a good segue then because I've been screaming and yelling about this gas stove thing. 
which oh. is just the dumbest thing in the world. But she, of course, is a legend. She's an, a star chef on Instagram. That's, you know, kind of her claim to fame is she is kind of like the new, the new Bobby Flay. I mean, she's a she's a big deal on Instagram as a cook, not really as a congresswoman. But when she tweeted yesterday, of course, about banning gas stoves, what did everybody immediately run out and do but post photos of her cooking on a gas stove? Like, yeah. I always say, like, she's like a low IQ TikToker who happens to be in Congress. Um, And I don't think I'm far from the truth there. But my question to you, Daniel Turner, okay, this is a serious question, is everything now when it comes to political discourse is if you don't agree with the Democrats, there's going to be a spike in hate crimes against the people you're disagreeing with or there's going to be a rash in suicides. Are we about to be told that if we don't ban gas stoves, there's going to be a spike in hate crimes against electric stove users? And and will there be a rash of suicides if they're not provided with stove-affirming care? It's, it's, it's inevitable, right? This is the way we're headed. Uh, look, this is just another, and also I will say this, very clever attack on the fossil fuel industry. If you hate fossil fuels and Biden hates fossil fuels way more than he hates Chinese fentanyl, way more than he hates sex trafficking, he hates fossil fuels. And there are many ways to eliminate them. You can regulate them out of, the, out of business. You can deny their permitting. You can go after their financing through the whole ESG. And this is a backdoor way to, to hurt the fossil fuel industry, which is getting rid of their customer base. And they're not going to come out and say this is about hurting fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. So they're going to say this is about protecting public health. And AOC touting some, touting some phony story about how, well, everybody knows that if you have a gas stove, you have uh, asthma and reduced cognitive. Uh, and they're going to make up all of these studies, as I, I have said on social media. The next thing you're going to see is how the stove is related to whiteness or the stove is a sign of toxic masculinity, right? They're going to have to make up these stories because this is how they get rid of fossil fuels. Yep. Well, this is uh, Gene, one of our brilliant callers from Nevada, said earlier, basically, if they can ban the stove, it's kind of a pretense for banning other things that run on fossil fuels. And they use like, yeah, that's what it is, some emergency use authorization. You understand the climate's bad. No more stoves. But it's so far-fetched, Daniel. You've never been to a funeral where someone died of stove. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. They just have to make up these lies that this is a known fact. These are known sicknesses. And we are doing this for your own good. And and just to be philosophical for a second, the, that the fact that Richard Trumpka Jr. is yeah. the one who's in charge of this bureaucracy. Richard Trumpka Jr. in charge of a government agency is like mm-hmm. if Al Capone Jr. <laughs> was in charge of some government agency. That you're like, oh boy, I'll take my advice from the, from the gangster's son. Um, <laughs> but Richard Trumpka Jr. is the one who said, look, yep. I'm just caring about public health. Mm. But you want to say. What little petty tyrant do you think you are? Who the hell do you think you are that you think you have the authority to protect me from from myself? We (laughs) fought a revolution over this nonsense. So Mm -hmm. it's amazing how people are so comfortable taking away your civil liberties. All all this time, apparently, uh, GE stood for General Executioner, and we had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Stove on stove crime, disproportionately affecting inner city residents. It really is. It's so embarrassing, but they don't care. And it's amazing because one of the things they really do effectively is they try to caricature the GOP as the low-information voter. 
But it's the people who flock to this intellectually lazy garbage because it becomes a branding exercise. Well, I want to ban gas stoves because I'm not a murderer. And there's no thought process beyond that of like, hey, do you know anyone who's killed by the stove? No, of course you don't. But that's what's yeah. fascinating is their messaging apparatus is somewhat effective. Uh, and it's kind of frightening. But apparently the president, Biden, is now saying he doesn't think it's going to happen or whatever. Because there are pictures of Jill cooking with a gas stove. Do you remember that? Yeah. He doesn't think it's going to happen, and he can't. He doesn't have the guts to say it can't happen because no matter how powerful I think I am as the president, I do not have a right to force you to do things that I or to help to force you to avoid things that I think are bad for you. And this is look, quite frankly, this is the same as the, it's the same mentality as Michael Bloomberg ten years ago with banning uh, large oh, yeah. soda. Right? Uh -huh. It's the same thing that says. I don't think this is good for you, and so I don't think you're allowed to do it. Uh, you know you know me personally. You know I'm a fan of my tobacco products. You may think it's bad for my health, but you have no right to stop me from smoking if I want to. You do not have that right, and our ancestors quite literally fought a revolution and died for that right. And it is a sacred right to live your own damn life. And boy, the stove thing is just emblematic of who the left thinks they are they think they are your nanny i mean whether it's covid whether it's anything we know better than you do so just shut up and let us live your life for you it's so true because they always love to yell like the government doesn't belong in our bedrooms but the kitchen's cool <laughs> <laughs> exactly and they'll go after your grill next you know they will come out with a study that says 100 percent of men who beat their wives have a grill in the backyard <laughs> and then they will start saying you know what we need to get it's a sign of toxic masculinity we need to get rid of we need to get rid of propane tanks so then and it's not because of propane it's because it, well it's not because of health yeah. or women it's because they hate fossil fuels and they are trying to eliminate its customer base it is so true you're not going to be able to barbecue when it's cloudy out because we're going to have solar par powered barbecues you're going to be sitting there yeah <laughs> i mean we always love a barbecue on a sunny day but there went the dark cloudy ones it's crazy daniel turner but uh i appreciate you muscling through this segment without dropping an f-bomb on live radio because i'm sure you came close several times it's it's very easy too because you know being the New Yorker, the, being the kid from Queens, I am. We use that word like like we use oh, Parmesan cheese, you I, know. So <laughs> yes, I, I always say that to people. Like here in New York, like the middle finger is a greeting in New York. <laughs> like it absolutely, absolutely. is. Yeah, in it's, our DNA, my friend. But of, I've listen, listen to me now. I'm trying to be so educated and proper on the radio, <laughs> even using my Oz properly. Ah, Daniel Turner putting R's on the end of words. You <laughs> you clean up nice, man. Good Good job. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Jimmy. You're the bye best. Bye. My man. There he goes, the great Daniel Turner. He is spot on. They're going to find an end around. They want to ban anything that has to do with fossil fuels. But here's a newsflash, and me and Daniel have covered this a thousand times on the show. Anyone who tells you we can function without the use of fossil fuels is an idiot that doesn't understand the situation. Literally 99% of the products you're looking at when you open your eyes on a given day in this country, we're made with some type of use of fossil fuels. You know, we reduce this to what powers your stove or what powers your vehicle, but what actually makes every single product you consume in some capacity, whether it's the product itself, the bottle it comes in, is always reliant on fossil fuels. Do you remember the funniest video in the history of the world? We played it for you last year where they were outside the electric car plant 
and they were talking about it, and it's great because there's no gas, and we just plug the car in, and we right here in the building, the building itself will charge the car. And the reporter asked, and what exactly powers the building? And the woman was like, well, um, he's like, well, the power grid, right? So what? that's 99% coal, right? And it, that's the point. We're just outsourcing stupidity because we have people trying to regulate our lives that don't understand the industries that they're actually trying to regulate. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Going to get right back onto the phones. Doug is in Odessa, Texas. Yo, Doug. Yes, I'm still here, Jimmy. You better not be cooking. Trying to get out of here, but I'm still in Odessa. (laughs) I love Odessa, Doug. As long as you're not cooking with a gas stove, you're going to have big problems. You know, when I retired from the Air Force, I went back to college so I could teach school later. Mm-hmm. And while at Western Kentucky University, I took Professor Wolf's class where I learned that the products of burning natural gas are heat, <laughs> carbon monoxide, and water. Mm-hmm. And when you burn propane, you get heat, carbon dioxide and water where are they coming up with this nitrogen dioxide and all this other crap <laughs> well they're, they're coming up with it uh it, after a lobbyist group conducts a study to tell them what they want to hear so they can try to take away your stove there's not well, real I guess, depth. I guess if you go to if you go to school and you don't take a chemistry or biology class or a physics class you're liable to come up stupid on the out end (laughs) listen they're mandating that you take a vaccine that doesn't actually stop you from getting the disease so biology isn't in chemistry don't get me started i did not take the vaccine nor did my wife we got covid in november and how we'd survive oh doug you did it well unfortunately your stove's gonna do you in so you had a good run congratulations i'll see you soon doug we love you John is in Butte, Montana. Uh, we've only got a minute and a half, John, but that's probably for the better when it comes to you and me. No kidding. Man, <laughs> I don't know who the heck started this crap about taking away a gas stove. But, man, they're playing with fire at that point because that's going to interfere with my ability of cooking my steaks and my food, and I am way too fat for them to be messing with me. Yeah, they don't want to – you know how we always talk about, like, big pharma? They don't want to upset big people. You know what I'm saying? That's another exactly. – that's a powerful constituency in this country, and I happen to be a card-carrying member, so I'm right there with you. But isn't it so nuts? Because they don't actually know the stove is going to kill you. Nobody has died of stove, John. Nobody. No, I mean, as a kid growing up, you hear the words, don't touch the stove, it's hot. Yeah. You touch the stove, guess what? It was hot. Mm-hmm. You don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is, though, their, their argument is it goes beyond the heat. It's the quiet killer of the gas and the noxious fumes. I don't know, dude. I'm, have, I'm having a hard time buying this. But it doesn't matter. Your steak's going to be banned, too, because of those farting cows. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. John, we got through one conversation without mentioning women of the night or strippers, so take a bow because a lot of people just lost money in Vegas. I love you, buddy. We're back after this with Katie Pavlich on Fox Across America.
live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are fired up for a big hour of Fox Across America, your home for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. The flights are grounded around the country because our transportation secretary renamed the computer system instead of getting it to work. Pete Booty judges pathetic. True story. The not am computer system, which stood for notice to airmen, was changed by this administration to notice to air missions because they wanted it to be more inclusive. But lo and behold, uh, while it was inclusive in terms of terminology, it was also inclusive in terms of grounding every flight in the country this morning. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. It is a true story that we will discuss with the great Katie Pavlich, Fox News contributor, multimedia superstar, a general in the Jimmy Fallon fashion army. She joins us in this hour. 888-788-9910 if you want your voice heard in this audio safe space for cool people. Everyone is welcome on the show. I'm a conservative, unapologetically so, but I'm not doing a conservative talk show. I say it every day. I am doing an American talk show. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. Doesn't matter. Pick up the phone, call in. You're welcome here. We need more of this in America. People don't have to agree. Okay, people just have to bargain in good faith. Now, our people in Washington right now, who I do believe their hearts might be in the right place, but their brains, um, you know, I don't even know that they have brains to put in the wrong place when you're doing the things we're doing right now. You know, when you talk about the notice to all airmen, the Pete Booty, Pete Booty Judge thing, you know, his reply to this, this debacle this morning, every domestic flight in America was grounded this morning. Nobody took off. 6,000 cancellations at the crack of dawn this morning. Pete Booty just said, well, these, you know, these computer glitches happen. They did. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yo, let's be very clear. Okay, we have had computer glitches, but the last time every flight in America was grounded was 9-11. Okay, 9-11, which was a terror attack on our country, the likes of which we've never seen. And hopefully we'll never see again. Today we grounded flights on a 9-11 level. And Pete Buttigieg was like, ah, you know, it happens. You suck, you jackass. Okay, it seems to happen a lot more, a lot more, under this administration. He knows what he's talking about. We've had five of these since they got into office, where all the flights were grounded. There was a pilot shortage because of the vaccine mandate. You know, we've seen the computer glitches. We've seen so many stupid things. But again, this is a consequence of putting inclusion and identity over qualification. Bingo. We're fighting the wrong battles. I'll give you another example. Okay, it's a great example. This one is, you talk about a stampede of stupidity. Really, though, like I'm prepping you. You know how they say, like, trigger warning. This guy might say something potentially upsetting. Well, this, I don't know if this is going to upset you so much as it's going to hurt your brain because of just how stupid it is. Okay. USC, the University of Southern California. Good old USC. They're banning the word field. Field. Like we're playing in the field. We're at a football field. Field of dreams. They're banning the word field because they want you to believe it's racist 
to say someone's doing work out in the field because of connotations of slavery. Can you imagine being that stupid? Nobody was thinking of slavery until you brought it up. Nobody. Okay, we've been using the phrase forever. Okay, you play the field in baseball. I mean, technically speaking, you play the field if you're out there looking to pick somebody up to take home. I love it when you talk dirty. But the point is, okay, nobody, nobody was thinking of like, oh, field? I feel a little guilty using this term. They're creating. They are cultural arsonists. They create fires so they can then extinguish them and claim valor or virtue for doing so. There's a whole industry of people who get out of bed every day looking to create a new thing for the rest of us to be offended by. We have a word for them now. Scientists have a word. They're called losers. Correct the mundo. Losers. Okay. Ban the word field. According to a letter from the University of Southern California School of Social Work. Okay. This decision was made because the word may have connotations for descendants of slavery and immigrant workers that are not benign. The letter saying specifically, we've decided to remove the word field from our curriculum and replace it with practicum. <laughs> Dave Winfield of the New York Yankees, he's starting tonight in right practicum. <laughs> John Fogarty, look at me, gotta be center practicum. You can't say field anymore. That's hell is the world coming to I'm telling you, this is weapons-grade stupid, but this is the fraud of the whole thing. Oh, my God, it's so funny. <laughs> he was dating for a while, but now he's out there playing the practicum. Uh, language can be powerful, and phrases such as going into the field or field work, playing the field, maybe have connotations. <laughs> interim dean, the interim dean, by the way, because, I mean, nobody in their right mind could keep this person around for very long. Interim dean of the USC Suzanne Duarte Peck School of Social Work, Vasilos Papadios, telling Fox News Digital, I understand that this decision was made by the Office of Practicum Education out of a desire to be more accurately describing of its work. So it's the practicum, you <laughs> know. Because that's their work. You want to know what their work is for real? This is it. It is. It's more descriptive of their work. Their work is creating things, grievances that are complete and total bull. <laughs> that's their work. So it's accurate. Because the office is not an academic department, its name change was not subject to a formal review process. The university does not maintain a list of banned or discouraged words. As an institution of higher education, we will continue to use words, including the word field, that accurately encompass and describe our work and research, while also continuing our efforts to create a more inclusive and welcoming environment for all. Now, understand, okay, they're banning the word field because of her direct quote, okay, Language can be powerful, and phrases such as going into the field or doing field work maybe have connotations for descendants of slavery and immigrant workers that are not benign. Okay, fine. You are concerned with protecting descendants of slavery and immigrant workers. Let's take you at your value. Okay, the things plaguing the descendants of slavery the most— Okay, we're talking about black slavery to be specific. I understand millions of white people were also enslaved. You're never allowed to bring that up, and we're not going to do that here. Let's just stay on message. I don't want to lose this you know, debate in the weeds here. Okay, black, the black community is being plagued by the highest rate of murder in the nation. Does banning the word field 
address that in any way? The answer would be no. Okay, the black community is being plagued by the poorest performance city schools in America protected by teachers unions, so you can't fire underachieving teachers, nor can you have school choice because the Democrats are blocking it to appease the teachers unions. Does banning the word field address that? The answer would be no. Inflation has spiked to a 40-year high, crippling the lowest sector of our socioeconomic totem pole. Does field do anything? Does anything at all to, to fight back against that? The answer would be no. Really weird. Okay, it's almost as if they're fighting and banning these words not to ban, not help the black community, but to help themselves. Oh, wow! People on the left have turned life into a perpetual branding exercise. Look at me. I am so attuned to the struggles of the black community that I'm going to go out and address a struggle they weren't even having. I got to be honest with you. Okay, as former New York City cab driver, I worked in a garage where 300 drivers were employed per shift. I was the only white guy. In fact, every time somebody asks me, like, wow, you're famous now. Are all your cab buddies freaking out when they hear the words Jimmy Fallon in a commercial or on TV? And I go, no, because they don't know my name. Nobody knew my name. I was literally referred to as the white guy. I was the only white guy in the locker room. And that was fine. And nobody wants to hear this. But when you get people into a room that are from hundreds of different countries around the world, do you know what they bond over? I'm not even kidding. They bond over stereotypical humor. That's what they bond over. When they heard I was Polish, they told me one Polish joke after another. You know, if they heard you were Mexican, they told you Mexican jokes. They heard you were Italian, they told you Italian jokes, and they laughed. Not because they were trying to spark a rise in hate crimes, but because humor is often used not only to diffuse tension between people from different backgrounds, but to build a bond of acceptance. Hey, this is what people make fun of me for. Hey, that's what people make fun of you for. Hey, let's have a cheap laugh and get to know each other on a real level beyond the stereotypes. That's how it worked. Okay, people would say to me, did you hear about your Polish? <laughs> did you hear about the Polish family that froze to death at the drive-in movies? They went to see Closed for the Winter. And then, ha ha, you made fun of me. The stereotype is I'm dumb. And then they got to know me. And they were like, wow, he really is dumb. But the point is, we bonded over this stuff. Okay? But we always, always, always built these bonds over the fact that at the end of the day, we didn't look at each other as Polish or Haitian or Lebanese or... No, we just looked at each other as people. We all wanted to get paid. We all wanted to get laid. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Okay. It's all we wanted. Let's get back from the, you know, back to the garage at the end of a 12 or a 16-hour shift alive uh, and have a couple of laughs. Eat a sandwich, crack a couple of jokes, and go be people. Okay, but understand... When I was in that garage as the only white guy, literally the only white guy, on days where um, I, there would be, say, 300 black drivers, one white guy, and we would all laugh. And we would all talk very seriously about politics. I mean, this is where my interest in, like, social issues came about is, like, I was not politically inclined before I became a cab driver. Then everybody gets into your cabin, just talks to you about the news of the day. So a lot of it, you know, vacillated around politics because when I started driving a cab, it was right before the election of Barack Obama. So I started driving a cab in 07, and that's when Obama was going up against Hillary in the primary. That was the first time a quest for the White House left her, you know, barking at the moon. 
Okay, but of course you ran a second time. But the point is, back then I started listening to talk radio. I started talking to people about politics. And I started talking about sociopolitical issues with my fellow drivers who, like myself, were getting smoked. Okay, when I was driving a cab, I have told you this before. We were so poor, we couldn't afford to pay attention. Like, we were that kind of broke. We didn't have a bank. We had a shoebox. You know, people are like, what do you have, HSBC, Citibank? I'm like, no, I have Nike. But I'm hoping, hoping to make enough money to get up to Adidas someday, do all my banking with Adidas now. I mean, that's where I was at the time my child was born. That's when I started paying attention. When I get out of bed one day and realize there was another life depending on me getting my act together. That can't be good. The first thing I said to myself. But the second thing I said to myself was, here we go. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know that I'm particularly qualified, but I love this little bastard that I just pulled out of the packing peanuts, and I am all in to make a nice life for this kid. And that's why I am where I am. Everybody has reasons for being where they are. Like, I would not be here broadcasting to millions of people, being on the TV tonight in front of millions of people, if I didn't start living my life for somebody else. Living life for me was indulgent. It was short-sighted. It was reckless. And I got to be honest, it was awesome. It was such a good time. It was such a good time. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. It really was. But the point is, okay, taking on the responsibility of improving the quality of life for other people got me very interested in the plight of other people beyond them. And when I was in a garage on like a given Tuesday where there were 300 black drivers, one black, one white driver played by the part of me, we would talk about the issues plaguing their community. Okay, we'd hear about crime. We'd hear about drugs. We'd hear about poor housing conditions. We'd hear about failing schools. We'd hear about bad drinking water. Okay, you know what we never, ever once, ever heard about? The word field. Bingo. Never, ever, ever. You want to know why? Because nobody cares about words. Words are white privilege. When you're out there regulating words on behalf of a class of people that didn't even ask for the regulation, you are, okay, ultimately espousing the highest form of white privilege, which is deciding what people in communities should be prioritizing, despite the fact that you're not a member of those communities. You're now generalizing them down to a stereotype based on no knowledge of their situation whatsoever. Every single time the white, woke left goes out there and tries to demonstrate how all-in they are with their connection to the black community, what they ultimately wind up revealing is that they have no connection to the black community whatsoever. Ever. Everything woke turns to Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, that is Joe Biden saying, uh, I had no idea in my office we had classified documents. He said he was surprised to find that there were classified documents. Now, to be fair, Joe Biden is often surprised to find out what state he's in. No. How are you, Joe? Hawaii? Shoot, I'm supposed to be in Oklahoma. Uh, but the point is, a little bit of a double standard being exercised in the media right now as it pertains to the handling of classified information. They were calling for Donald Trump to be executed. 
Now the same media members are telling you, no, this is totally different. The media is a bunch of losers. We're going to discuss it with Katie Pavlich in the next break, but right now Carl is her opening act in Rylander, Wisconsin. Yo, Carl! Hey, how are we, Jimmy? Not only did Biden not know about the documents, he, he couldn't remember. Him. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm calling. <laughs> I, I, I served in the Navy on submarines, okay? So I had security clearances. And I just want to share with some of the listeners how this stuff works. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Hillary had a bunch of stuff on a server. Trump had some stuff in a law office. Now Biden had stuff in the office. Mm-hmm. The point I'm trying to make here is that everyone that gets a security clearance, they get read right into it. They know exactly what they can and cannot do. And it doesn't matter if they have 100 documents or one document. Mm-hmm. And the example I want to share, serving on submarines, um, I had friends, obviously, on the boat. And one guy was a, was a nuke, which means he worked in the engine room. He was married. His daughter kept asking him, Daddy, what do you do? Daddy, what do you do? Kept trying to explain it to her. Well, it wasn't enough. He took his camera in the engine room took one picture, showed it to his daughter. It came out that he did that. He lost his clearance, lost his job, lost his career. Wow. It doesn't matter what it is. It's the fact that they consciously made a decision to do something they knew damn well they weren't supposed to. And I'm tired of the double standard of them versus the rest of us. Oh, it's so true. That is what's going on, though. It, we're living in two different Americas where the elite ruling class on the left is not supposed to you know, observe any of the boundaries they set for everybody else. But I think what's going to happen for real, just so we're clear, Carl, is I think this does make it impossible for them to tr- charge Trump. I do believe they wanted to. But, I mean, there's no way this isn't going to be interpreted as a, a vile double standard if Trump gets charged and not Biden. So maybe that's good news for Trump and uh, bad news for the rest of us because we're going to get a real food fight of a 2024 election if Biden runs. Believe me, Trump is a lot easier to deal with every day of the week than a guy who doesn't know what country he's in half the time. I'd take a mean tweet over a bad country any day of the week, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Every minute of every hour. There you go. Well said. We're back with Katie Pavlich after this on Fox Across America. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up because we're turning now to the airwaves. It's a Fox News contributor, a multimedia superstar, a general in the Jimmy Fallon fashion army. And the best thing about having her in a leadership position she never takes classified documents back to the University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Katie Pavlich is here, and she is not in hot water. Hey, KP. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? I got to say, you know, uh, I wasn't going to do anything for New Year's, and I ended up having a party just Ooh. to watch you bring it in. What? And everyone stayed up till midnight, and we were cheering for you. So great job. Kept everyone entertained. Loved the fashion. Yo. It was great. Katie, Overall, great night. Katie Pavlich, I was going to wait till I ran into you, but do you dig the gold tuxedo jacket that worked for the fashion I crew? I did. All right, good. I did. I thought it was, I thought it was spectacular. Very Nashville-like. Yes. You get me, Katie Pavlich. You get me. Well, the <laughs> the only thing I did that wasn't Nashville-like, just so you understand, is I was not drinking at 8 in the morning like everyone in Nashville. Um, <laughs> I did. I'm not, yo, I'm not even kidding. We did Fox and Friends first like that morning, you know, to promote and everything like that. And there were people. There were a legit 100 people at the Wild Horse at 8 in the morning drinking beer. Lot. I mean, but what a great yeah. town. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess beer was better than whiskey that early. Maybe they could pace themselves. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not know. animals here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little breakfast. A little breakfast action. <laughs> you, you start hitting bourbon with the omelet, people start to talk. But, yeah, beer, we can, yeah. We can abide beer. It's it's so <laughs> crazy. Years, anyway. Well, thank you for the ratings bounce, KP. I need all the help I can You're get. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. That's a big deal. You're doing, doing everything you can to help a friend. Oh, uh, KP. Uh, well, let me ask you this, because I, I have sensed, and I might be wrong, but I've sensed what I almost think, and I don't want to, I don't even want to say it on the air because this is sound, could sound so outrageous and outlandish, but I almost feel like there is a little bit of a double standard between the reaction to one president having classified documents and the other one having classified documents. Now, am I a conspiracy hmm. kook? Like, how should I do you How should we do say. this? <laughs> you don't say. I mean, it, it, there wasn't a double standard. Uh, everyone would be screaming for Joe Biden to be thrown in jail um <laughs> to be frog marched so that be the walls were closing in on the current president um i love too how they're you know they try to equate them and act like uh president trump did something worse mm-hmm. even though at the time he was the president and mm-hmm. the president can essentially declassify anything whereas joe biden at the time when he had these classified documents was not the president yep. And doesn't have the same authorities and power to just declassify whatever he wants. Uh, and I love the, you know, the the attorney response that he read yesterday, which is, oh, well, I was I was surprised. It's not mine. It's like kids who get caught with weed in high school. It's like <laughs> it's not mine. It's my friends. I didn't know it was in there. I swear, not me. Somebody... You know, and it's like. Come on, man. Really? And and so any other then you throw in, of course, like the Hunter Biden saga, where mm-hmm. some of the documents, according to people who reported on them, mm-hmm. are uh, allegedly pro- about Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting, considering Hunter Biden at the same time period was on the board of Burisma, which we all know is a notoriously corrupt Ukrainian gas company that was paying him $80,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, we know that the big guy was a, a partner in in Hunter's business ventures. Yep. So it just highlights the bigger problem here, which the media likes to ignore, which is this has always been about Joe Biden's use of classified information now, uh, his office, and whether he's compromised and in his partnership with his son. And that's exactly the issue. Uh, Katie Pavlich is on the line uh, telling it like it is. And I have to say this, KP, when we do try to draw the distinction between the two, I do think based on what you just espoused about Ukraine, that is the real difference worth focusing on is that one president getting past classification powers is not accused by his son's business pa- you know, partners of selling influence in these foreign countries, number one. Number two, I mean, Mar-a-Lago, at the very least, has got 24-hour Secret Service protection. I don't know that they have that at the University of Pennsylvania when Biden— <laughs> no, I'm going to go not. out on a limb and say you and me in a janitor's costume could probably get those classified documents. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was an unclass- a, a very uh, in, unsecure building. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the other question that gets brought up is, okay, so if, if Biden says through the statement that he read verbatim yesterday that he was surprised and didn't know they were in there, I was like, well, what else do you not know is in the office? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
okay, um, are, are there other documents in the office that you just have mixed together? Yeah. Um, generally, I think that the whole classification thing gets blown totally out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had Agreed. friends who have written books who are former military who have had to go through the Pentagon to get their manuscripts mm-hmm. um, published. And the things they, just, they deem classified are absolutely ridiculous. And a lot of the time they're actually already public information yep. published by the Pentagon. So I, I think it's overclassified, but the issue here is not that. It's the double standard and the fact that the media is not only, you know, they're, they're covering it, but they're not screaming their heads off like they would be if the shoe were on the other foot, and as it was last year. Yeah, it's so, it is so crazy. I mean, MSNBC had a historian calling for Trump to be executed on the night of the Mar-a-Lago yeah. raid. I mean, you think right, about right. that. So it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. This is what has happened, I think, to a lot of people on the left, specifically when it comes to Trump. You know, um, everybody has a friend. You've, I know you've had this situation where you have a friend who hates one of their coworkers so much, but the more they complain about their coworker, the more you realize that in this situation, your friend might be the problem. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's the yeah. Democrats. They're like, Trump's crazy. He's going to get us all killed. He's an existential threat. And the more they complain about Trump, the more you see these double standards. You're like, oh, I get it. Our friends on the left are the crazy one. And that's kind of well, where we are now. Well, not just that, but they're projecting. Yes. You know, they're, they're accusing the right of what exactly what they are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've accused the right for, for two years of espousing misinformation, for daring to question the government and the CDC and thinking that maybe these agencies were politicized and that the FBI was too close to Twitter. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, here we are. Um, they were the ones doing all of this. So it's almost like as soon as they accuse you of doing something, you know exactly what they're up to. Oh, so um, and it's going to be pretty obvious that, that that's why they're trying to deflect away from their own actions, which are bad, and put them on their political enemies. Oh, it is so true, Katie Pavlich. Does this mean you're not going to be getting a ninth booster shot? Thank you. No, thanks. Uh, No, thank you. How much money do we have to give, like, pharmaceutical companies? Like, I like an extra ski home as much as the next guy. If I could get my hands on a first one, I'm sure I'd love a second one. But it's like, how much money do we have to make pharmaceutical executives? Yesterday, me and Kennedy were doing a segment on our show. I don't know if you crossed paths with this story about how they wanted to just, if you're an obese child, they just want to start medicating you and giving you surgery. Which is, oh, it made me so mad. Yeah, I lost my mind because, first of all, there's another sellout to Big Pharma, and it's also a sellout yep. to lazy parents who cause the problem. But can I just get your opinion on this? Isn't part of the reason we have a child obesity problem the fact that we are now championing adult obesity and telling them they're fabulous? Yeah. So right, crazy. yeah. We're putting obese women on the front of, of health, so-called health magazines and saying, quote, this is healthy, when the number one problem we have in this country is obesity. And this is not just about COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we hear from the left all the time about how healthcare is too expensive, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it is too expensive, and it costs a lot of money because instead of investing in health, real health, working out, getting outside, better food choices, um, not listening to the government, which has made everybody fat for the last 40 years through their stupid p- food pyramids and yeah. by subsidizing sugar mm-hmm. and corn and putting it in everything that we eat. It's in everything because mm-hmm. they subsidize it. Mm-hmm. And so this is their fault. And their response to that is to get kids hooked on these drugs, which which I've listened to scientists to talk about how, of course, you get kids on or adults even on these drugs. They cause side effects. I mean, yeah. all the all these Ads on TV have 
a long list of side effects and then there's a side effect and then they subscribe a pill for that side effect yeah. and then that pill causes another side effect and they subscribe more drugs. And it's like, where does it end? It doesn't end. And the only people that benefit are the pharmaceutical companies and the federal government. Oh. It really is so corrupt and disgusting. They oh. cause the problem and then they, the solution is to make it worse. So it's a cycle of just hell when it comes to your health. Oh, it, dude, it is so true, and it is so infuriating. You know what else gets me as a guy who, you know, I say this all the time. When I, you know, we're all on TV a lot, okay? Oftentimes, I'm sitting next to a guy who looks like a TV star. My appeal is that <laughs> my appeal is that I look like I installed your TV, okay? That, makes, <laughs> that, that, that that's the hook, Katie Pappas. Like I'm aware, okay? It's, but but let's stick with me. I, I don't even need you to comment. Just stick with me. But but as a guy who you know, I've got to be like presentable for TV. You got to work out. You got to get in shape. What I find like it's so it drives me crazy is that little kids specifically can lose weight easier than anybody because they have like a militant metabolism. Like if a little kid yeah. like quits soda or stuffed crust pizza for two days, they lose like 35 <laughs> pounds. Do you remember getting like a virus when you were nine and you lost like 17 pounds like in a no. day? I think oh. this is a boy thing. Maybe. Well, yeah. Well, listen, my my dirtbag son, he lost 50 pounds in eighth grade. Wow. And all he did, he's like, yeah, I just you know, I didn't drink soda for like a weekend. I was like, I wait, what? I know. It's like, wow, that's so nice. Uh -huh. No, I mean, it's look, I, I think that weight is hard for everybody. I of think course. it's something that everybody has to, has to work on, mm -hmm. minus a few people. It's definitely much harder when all of the choices, most of them, are terrible. Yep. Um, and again, like you brought up, we're living in a society now where you're shamed for doing the hard work, for going to the gym, to eat, for eating healthy, mm -hmm. and staying out of you know the comorbidity uh, yeah. <laughs> column on the CDC's website and now that hard work is being you know completely wiped away and and said that it's better to just be obese because that's what will get you on the cover of a self magazine <laughs> I mean it's just it's so backwards it's so true it's like instead of like you know acting and you know encouraging everybody to work harder and to put in the work it's like we're taking the easy way out on everything oh it's and true. Then we're going to shame the people who don't because we're jealous of them it's it's yo yo it is spot on though because you i want to say this like you know how like when we were screaming about student loan forgiveness it doesn't address mm -hmm. the root cause okay which was the exorbitant right. cost of college and the bad choice of getting a degree that's not commensurate with a job okay this is the same thing if you medicate little kids yes you have the side effect russian doll box of more medication and you also have the fact that if you get them surgery you can still gain the weight back after surgery because you haven't changed your habits so you know Correct. how we had like student loan forgiveness this is like student lard forgiveness and it's just gonna <laughs> lead it just is and it's not fixing the problem and i'm telling you this is so simple dude and we know this we're not like academics we're not nutritionists this no, is, it's common sense. Oh, oh my so, gosh, it's, it's so, so obvious. Oh, it's you so, know, it's just so obvious. Well, on the so. plus side, the kids won't be able to cook fattening foods once we ban their gas stoves. So maybe we've solved right. the problem with that whole. St do you first of all, just really quick? I want to do this in like a minute. Okay, they're they're telling us now the rationale is is not that they're waging a war on fossil fuels. It's that the stoves yeah, are right. so bad for your health. When was the last time you were at a funeral for someone who died of stove? I know, never, <laughs> never. And it's like, guys, okay. Everything can kill you. Like yeah. living uh -huh. is is a risk. <laughs> like, yeah, there may be some minor minor consequence from gas stoves, but it's 
compare it to just breathing the air in a city. Mm. I mean, come on. It's walking out the door, maybe getting hit by a bus. I mean, it's ridiculous. Dude, it's ridiculous. It is. Yo, that is that is so true. Like, even when you think of AOC, like, we got to ban gas stoves. Never mind that she's cooking on a gas stove in every one of her Instagram videos. I'm like, girl, also, you— also, like, okay, do you want me to start cooking with charcoal, which is way worse <laughs> for the environment? I just— it's just, it's like so ridiculous. I'm like, I'm like, girl, you live in New York City. In AOC's congressional district, when I want a breath of fresh air, I suck on the exhaust pipe of a car. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, right. dude. Yeah, Spare me! Exactly. With the stove. Yep. Okay, Pete. Mm-hmm. You're the coolest. Uh, I know you got to go pick out a new electric stove, but happy new year. Thanks for nope, being on. Nope, never. Mow on La Bay. And I'm not even a cook, so that's how you know this is a big issue. <laughs> like, you're not taking away my gas stove. It's staying. Stand your ground, KP. You got to fight for something. You're the coolest. Amen. See you soon, girlfriend. <laughs> Talk Be to well. you soon, Jimmy. There she goes, the great Katie Pavlich. Best of the best. There we go. Back after this. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing Def Leppard. Excuse me, Duran Duran. I just confused. I didn't confuse it. It was just a slip of the... Have you ever had a checkup? I knew it was Duran Duran because I can't hear Duran Duran without thinking of my cousin Cindy. who's a maniac, but she loves her Duran Duran. Oh, the posters in her room growing up. But uh, right now, we are not talking about Girls on Film, as was the title of that show. Uh, (laughs) We're talking about Girls on Crack, if you're buying what Prince Harry is selling. Harry went on Colbert last night. I want to play you a clip from the Stephen Colbert show. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Listen, if I get to listen to this crap, so do you. Here is Prince Harry on having to flee the royal family. And just understand, he has fled so hard that he has fought to hold on to his royal titles. Here it is, clip 31. With regard to my family, you you hit on a really important point, which is we were forced to leave. We left in 2020. We moved out. We fled my home country. We moved to California. And for 12 months during lockdown where we said literally nothing, it was relentless. And that was was a real eye-opener for me. I never thought that we'd be away from it completely. But I did think that we would get some form of peace. But that's when I realized that actually our mere existence outside of that institutional control was more of a threat. And, you know, there's a similar thing that happened to my, to my mum as well. And, look, they always knew that my wife was going to, 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 to leave because of the way that they were abusing her. But I think the most embarrassing thing is that I just decided to leave with her. <laughs> Shut up! Will you shut up? I mean... What an idiot. Seriously. You're a loony. Just so embarrassing. <laughs> First of all, we we fled my country. <laughs> you did not flee. You're, you weren't under sniper fire. You weren't cheating death to escape at the crack of dawn. We fled my country. I mean, dude. You suck, you jackass. Seriously. Okay, and then what's the next point? You talk about being a tone-deaf idiot. Well, during COVID, during the 12 months of lockdown, where we said nothing, but we still saw how relentless it is. Yo, Harry, seriously, dude, come on. You're telling me during the 12 months of COVID, you think the world was paying attention to you? This guy's a serious ass. 
as they were shutting down schools, kicking people out of churches, rioting and burning down cities at what CNN called mostly peaceful protests. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Was anyone talking about Prince Harry? The answer would be no. What a tone-deaf idiot. And then what does he say? The third one, the gold medal, it's like my mom. No, it's not. I have great sympathy for his mom and the great humanitarian work she did and the adversarial relationship she had with the press. Princess Diana died trying to flee the aggressive, relentless press. Harry and Meghan are chasing the press at every turn. They need the press to sell their books. They need the press to push their podcast. They need the press to push their Netflix series. And they need the press to find a gullible audience that'll put up with any, any of this bull That's what we're dealing with here. A tone-deaf idiot. Oh, we fled the country. No, you didn't flee the country. You left in a private jet and got a six-handed massage on the way. And if you had to go potty, uh, a string quartet serenaded you while you dropped a deuce on the plane. Okay? No one spent COVID talking about you. They spent COVID either fearing for their lives because they were dumb enough to believe the government or getting out and protesting in the streets because they were dumb enough to follow this garbage white supremacy narrative. Harry, you suck. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.